Sports Radio 1043 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning. I'm beautiful sunny day at my palatial studios up here in Fort Collins. It's supposed to be a beautiful weekend. And then the weather's going to change on us, but I'm almost kind of hoping for it. I was out uh, ice fishing with my grandson, uh, Aiden Wickstrom, yesterday, his first ice fishing trip. We'll talk more about that maybe later in the show and in an upcoming show. I'm going to get Aiden on the air with me. He harvested his first uh, his first mule deer buck this year, and he went on his first ice fishing trip. So we're going to get him on. He's becoming quite the outdoorsman. But this weather changing, you know, it's, it's been nice. I love it when I can be on my patio for a day in December. But uh, we'll form some ice down here on the Front Range. The boating part is over. We're going to talk a lot of fishing maybe in the second hour more. Uh, but it's uh, the conditions on the Front Range are a little tough right now because you can't boat and you can fish from shore, and there'll be some of that available. But if you get a cold day, it could uh, be too much shore, too much ice on the shore. So we're hoping to get some ice here, maybe within a week, a couple of weeks, and then you can get out and enjoy that. But we'll keep you posted on that. We'll keep you. We're going to go through a lot of ice fishing conditions and some river conditions too. And by the way, I will be appearing today at Kirk's Fly Shop in Loveland, Loveland Estes, at uh, two o'clock. I think I'm there two to five. There's some other people. I found John Garrick's going to be there. Uh, there's going to be a number of authors there signing books. I'm going to be there just meet and greet. We're going to talk to people. But Kirk does this every year, and he has these great sales. He has half off any one item in the store, even a big, expensive fly rod, and then 20% off the rest all day. And then the, those of us that are appearing there will be there at 2 o'clock, and there'll be, some, there'll be some snacks and beverages and things there. So come up and say hi from 2 to 5. Uh, let's go to the phone. Let's get this thing rolling. Oh, wait, one quick thing. We are going to be starting to give away ISE tickets starting this week. So by listening to the show, you'll be given a cue to text in either at a time or with a trivia question. And we're going to give away one pair today. And then starting next week, we're going to give away two pair a week at least. So stay tuned for that. And speaking of ISE, our first guest will be appearing at the International Sportsman's Exposition here in uh at the convention center here in January. And she's with an all-female outfitters group, Uncharted Outdoors Women, uh, Erin Crowder. Good morning, Erin. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day out. You know, I hate to wish for cold weather when it's like this, but for hunters and ice fishing, it kind of helps a little bit. But I wish I wanted my house, I want it to be like 65. And then wherever I go to hunt and fish, I want it to be winter. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm a waterfowl guide, so I completely understand wanting the wanting the winter storms. Yeah, speaking of that, well, let's introduce you first. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about the waterfowl because the goose hunting, I understand, is going really well. Are we? Well, we'll talk about it in a minute. Let's tell people about your group. It's it's Uncharted Outdoors Women, and my understanding from my conversations with you, you're an outfitter and kind of an outdoor education group too for women. Is that right? Correct. We are trying to empower women to have the correct connection to the outdoors and know how to treat our public lands and how to hunt and fish ethically. Uh, We envision a world where women are confident and successful and knowledgeable and they get to experience the outdoors the way the public land 
folks want us to experience them and we're very welcoming of our community um, we're all guided by everything is guided by women for women but obviously with the help from gentlemen you know I'm a little against empowering women in the outdoors because we did that with my wife and she kicks my butt when I go fishing so that sounds correct <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no in all honesty you know for a long time the industry neglected women we've seen the industries come around we're seeing more and more clothing and gear geared towards women so women don't have to try to fit their way into men's uh, clothing and things like that. That's really come a long way. But there's still there's still always a little bit of, I think, uncomfortableness because women aren't, aren't quite sure how a man, you know, the male ego gets in the way a little bit, uh, is going to be as a guide or a teacher, especially their spouse. I mean, they can enjoy the outdoors with their spouse. But I can tell you from personal experience, teaching your spouse is not always the most, the most productive way to do it. Sometimes you get somebody else involved. But there's just a comfort level and a way to identify with other women that they learn better and they, they, they feel more comfortable at least getting started, don't you think? Yeah, we, I definitely have the same uh, teaching experiences that you probably do with my husband. So he does not hunt or fish, though, and I don't think that he ever will. I think he'll he'll stick to playing guitar and lifting weights and, weights and watching the dogs. Uh, but he loves to cook everything that I bring home, so that's nice. Uh, but, yeah, oh, there's definitely a, a different dynamic when a woman is teaching other women um, how to recreate in the outdoors when it comes to hunting and fishing because some things can be very new. Um, maybe we were never invited. Like, I was never invited to go hunting. I'm an adult-onset hunter, Terry. <laughs> um but maybe we were never invited or um, our families have always gone and we've seen what it looks like. And to be honest, like when I didn't hunt, what it really looked like was like extreme Republican, extreme religion, uh, religious, traditional hunting is what the traditional hunting community looked like to me. And that's not what I wanted. But when you get out there, that's not really what it is. It's about the conservation. It's about the birds flying around. It's about the public lands that we have access to. It's, it's about the food we get to harvest and bring home and share with our families. Well, you know, it's also about building uh, relationships and bonding and creating memories. American Sports Angling Association did a survey, and this goes back almost a decade now. I haven't seen the new numbers. But they asked people over 40 what their favorite memory as a child was. And this was men and women both. And they said their favorite or their most fond memory was an outdoor experience. It was camping, fishing, hunting, hiking, and uh, the next closest was sporting events. It was 12%, but the outdoors was 52%. Um, so you do, when you're out in the outdoors with a man, a woman, uh, a child, a sibling, a friend, no matter what other, whether it's, like I said, man, woman, or whatever, there's a, something special and a value system and a sharing of what nature offers and a, a closeness and memories that can be developed that I think nothing else parallels. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. It's, it's, and it's part of the season. It's part of the year changing. You know, Mother Nature's about to go to sleep for a little bit and then wake back up in spring ready to go and then we do a lot of hiking, and um, my attorney says not to use the, the foraging word, but 
foraging, plant identification events too. So it's all it's all um, all year long. Lots of things you can do in Colorado um, throughout the year when it comes to the outdoors. Tell us about the kind of things that Uncharted Outdoors Women offer, both in guided trips, educationally. What do you offer? Sure. So right now we are um, filling our pheasant hunts. Um, I didn't realize that calling them upland hunting probably wasn't the best way. People know what pheasants are, so we're calling them pheasant hunts this year, even though there's some chucker in there. Um, So we've got three girl guides that uh, all have trained their own dogs for pheasant hunting. Uh, or upland hunting, and then I'm the only female waterfowl guide in the state of Colorado that I know of, so I've got uh, waterfowl hunts going on too, and it's just groups of ladies, and then we are starting to post our ice fishing events too, because we've got we've got uh, three women of color on our team. Um, one of them uh, specifically guides like groups of ladies to learn how to ice fish safely and bring out their families. And then the other two, they uh, teach fly fishing. So that's pretty cool, too. Yeah, you have you offer. And then you, go, you continue through the year with different types of hunting and fishing. Is that right? Yep. We'll do shotgun clinics. And uh, we actually have a vegetarian on our team that teaches our archery clinics. We will do outdoor skills camps starting in May. Um, and then we'll be doing some big game and small game hunting camps as well as hunts into the fall it's already passed for this year but you can check out all of our events on our website unchartedoutdoorswomen.com and uh you aim it at women but they can be accompanied by a gentleman is that right we have lots of gentlemen come to our events because they they don't they have told us that they don't feel like they have that ego competition with like a male fly fishing guide (laughs) Uh, and we show up with a backpack full, full of snacks and water, maybe some beers. Maybe you might have to steal them from us. <laughs> um, sunscreen, bug spray. Like, we come with the whole gamut of things. And the guys really get out there, learn, and, and they're goofy with their families. So we take great pictures of them, and everyone goes home happy. Well, you know, and that's what the outdoors should be about, enjoyment. Um, we all want to catch fish. We all want to harvest animals. But you should enjoy the outdoors. I took my grandson out uh, ice fishing just yesterday, his first trip, and we caught a bunch of fish and things. But the whole, the important thing is that we got to spend time together and enjoy an outdoor setting. And I think we lose track of that a little bit. Now, you will be appearing at International Sportsman's Exposition. Is that right? Yes. The, the ISC show has been so welcoming of us. I think we have one of our girl guides in almost every event. Um, so that's also really exciting. And Sarah Cousins, one of our Upland guides, guides, she's going to actually be one of the first women that's ever appeared in the sporting dog arena. And she's going to talk about what you should keep with you uh, veterinarian medical-wise in your pack as um, you run your dog in the field. She's a veterinary technician with a ton of experience. She's applied for vet school, and she's been raising um, her own dogs for a while. So I love hunting with her dogs. They're so good. They even flush turkeys at me, um, yeah. <laughs> which is terrifying when you're not expecting it. I believe I know Sarah's dad, Mark Cousins. Is that right? Is that Sarah's dad? Yeah, I'm not sure if there's too many people that don't know Mark Cousins. <laughs> well, Mark, Mark and I used to do um, survival classes on the air together. And we would oh, cool. teach people about all the misconceptions. There's 
Uh, so many misconceptions. In fact, I was talking to my grandson yesterday about there's so much misunderstanding of what keeps you comfortable and keeps you safe and can save your life in the outdoors. I'll take a quick minute. I get so mad when I read this headline that says, he was lost in the woods for 36 hours and he survived by eating roots and bugs. You know, just, I'm just like, he probably put himself in danger because he didn't know what he was eating and he could probably gone two or three weeks without food. And the misconceptions get more people in trouble and then how to dress and things. Hey, before we let you go, we need to get your contact information. But before that, you said you're a waterfall guide. Are we still, I, I forgot to look, is the duck split still on right now? I believe so, right? It is still on. Eight more days, then, counting. Eight, hey, how many? Eight more days. <laughs> and then, and then we're looking at. I think we should see, you know, a good push of northern birds yet. And but I've heard the goose hunting right now has been crazy. Can kind of bring us up to date. Yeah, I actually hunted um, out east in Nebraska and was talking to some of the gentlemen guiding out there, and they we have a theory that. It's been so dry um, in, like, their area of, like, eastern Nebraska that it's kind of pushed all of their birds our direction. So I've been uh, hunting out east only for five years, but, like, religiously for five years. Like, I'm an, I'm an addict. I have a problem. Um, and the number of geese that I've seen out there and snow geese this early is, is has been pretty wild. Uh, plus, we've got the avian flu running around. The geese have got it real bad. But you know what? They need to go anyways. So, right. but the, yeah, I've got this theory that that since there's more of a drought in the Midwest over there, it's kind of pushing the birds our way, and that's why we're seeing more speckle speckle bellies and things like that. Yeah, I think we've got some good waterfall hunting coming up, uh, and you'll probably start moving as this weather gets cold. You'll for the ducks, you'll move from probably the ponds to the rivers. Is that right? Yeah, I love fishing, or I love I love fishing the, the South Flat. No, I love duck hunting the South Flat. That is my favorite thing to do. Um, that's kind of what I how I learned was duck hunting on the South Flat on public land. So now that I'm on uh, private with a with a landowner, that has been that's been an awesome experience and very welcoming too. Um, the the uh, landowners that I go through are from Infinite Outdoors where you do it yourself, um, hunting and fishing. We are running out of time. Tell people how they get a hold of Uncharted Outdoors Women, how women out there can find out more about you and how they contact you. Sure. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Uncharted Outdoors Women. Uh, but also all of our events are on unchartedoutdoorswomen.com. And if you're looking to get a, get in on a free duck hunt, I do have a giveaway on there for a couple more days, and you can plug your email in there and get our monthly event reminders. All right. And the last question I have before we go, what kind of guitar does your husband play? Uh, currently, it looks like all Fender Stratocasters, but I feel like that changes. Okay. <laughs> He's an knowing. electric guitar player. I, I actually have a group that we do recording. We just released our new our current single just released this week so it was i'm always interested oh, cool. in that aaron thank you so much for joining us i'm sure we'll get you on again and we will see you at the international sportsman's exposition we'll see you there terry thank you so much for having us all right aaron Kreider from uncharted outdoor women you know for a pathway for women who maybe are hesitant to get in the outdoors 37% of the anglers, the United States licensed anglers are now women. So, you know, you women out there, or you men who would like to get your wives, your significant other, your daughters involved, check it out. We're going to take a quick time out. 
When we come back, we're going to take you up to State Forest State Park and get the conditions in that area on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Dante, get us in the Christmas mood. It's not that far away. Uh, hey, by the way, you know, speaking of the holidays and right after, you heard me mention International Sportsman's Exposition is coming up. We will be giving away tickets, including today. It would behoove you. You don't need it for today, but it would behoove you to follow Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook because a lot of times the clues, if we'd use trivia questions to give away tickets, just happen to appear the week before the show on my Facebook page. That's just a hint, all right? Let's go to the phones. Joining us from State Forest State Park is Kyra Coster. Good morning, Kyra. Hi, good morning, Terry. And what's the weather like up State Forest State Park today? Oh, it's a beautiful day, nice and sunny, not too many clouds. Um, I think it's about 30 degrees right now, and we have about uh, 16 inches of snow on the ground. Yeah, you know, it's one of my favorite places. I do recreate up there quite a bit. Why don't you describe the park? Because it's a little different than most parks. Yeah, it's a beautiful park. It's actually um, the largest state park in Colorado at uh, 71,000 acres. Um, the park is sitting along the uh, Medicine Bow Range um, of mountains and at the, uh, the north end of the Never Summer Range as well. So we are just surrounded by the Rockies. Um, and there's just something to do for everyone here. Um, we have so many different hiking trails, um, snowshoeing, cross-country skiing, um, as well as snowmobiling, um, four-by-four trails in the summer. Um, we have a lot of campgrounds. Um, we do offer backcountry camping as well. Um, yeah, our trails kind of range from very easy for the whole family to do to um, very strenuous um, and long, good for backcountry backpacking or uh, a long day hike as well. Why don't you kind of explain where you're located and how people would get there from the front range? Yeah, so the park is about uh, 22 miles from Walden. Um, if you're coming from the Front Range, um, probably the easiest way to come is from Fort Collins, and you take uh, Highway 14 West um, up the Poudre Canyon. It's about a 75-mile um, scenic drive. Um, if you're coming from, uh, or sorry, another way you could go is actually if you go on I-70 uh, to Silverthorne, take Highway 9 up to Kremlin, and then keep heading north on 40. Um, then you'd eventually just follow Highway 14 into the park. Um, and then another way is if you just go um, up Berthed Pass uh, from Empire. Yeah, there's a lot of it's, it's It takes a bit of a drive to get there, but it's certainly worth it. You started mentioning some of the things you have there. Let's kind of go into those a little bit. One is the snowmobiling. You have a lot of snowmobile access near the park or on the park, don't you? Yes, we do. Um, pretty much all of the 4x4 four four roads in the summer are shut down, and those all become snowmobiling trails um, during the wintertime. Um, so we're pretty much at that point. Like I said, we have about 16 inches of snow on the ground, um, so people have been getting out there. And there are a bunch of snowmobiling trails um, in the nearby forest lands as well. Yeah, and there's miles and miles. You can go forever up there, and your beautiful part. You're just down from uh, Cameron Pass from where I live in Fort Collins. Then you also mentioned cross-country skiing and snowshoeing. Are those trails becoming available? I know you groom some of your 
your cross-country skiing trails. How about the snowshoeing and the cross-country skiing? Are people into that already? Yeah, definitely. We've had quite a few people come out um, to do skiing and um, snowshoeing as well. Um, probably the most popular trail right now is um, the Michigan Ditch. Um, that one's not groomed, but it's a nice, easy, flat trail. It's about six miles. Um, we will start grooming our Gold Loop Trail very soon, I believe within the next um, couple days, actually. Um, so that one's actually right here at the Visitor Center. Um, again, it's a nice, easy trail, great for um, skiing and uh, snowshoeing. Yeah, you have a great visitor center. You and I didn't talk about that previously, but there's a lot to see at that visitor center, isn't there? There is, yeah. We have a lot of really good information, a lot of um, history about the park, um, history about um, the moose, um, as well as just really good info about the landscape, the mountains, wildlife, plants, anything you might want to know about the area. Now, I, I want to get to the fishing, but before we do, you mentioned the moose. Wildlife watching in your part of the state is just phenomenal, especially the moose. In fact, isn't your, your visitor center area is famous for moose? Have you been seeing any moose in the last few days? Yeah, um, I actually saw some just right in the middle of Highway 14 very recently, and my coworkers saw some um, going up County Road 41 just a couple of days ago as well. Um, but here in the park in um, Jackson County, or North Park, as it's very well known as, is known as the moose viewing capital of Colorado. So they're really all over the place out here. And I'm not going to be preachy about this, but folks, if you go into moose territory, be careful. They're majestic. They're beautiful to watch. Watch them from a distance and don't bring your dog into moose country because moose are probably the most dangerous animal in Colorado, but they're worth going to see because they're just wonderful let's talk a little bit about uh north michigan reservoir uh i used to go up there and ice fish almost every season well a couple years ago you 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 drew down the water to i think put a new spillway in did some dam work there was things going on but now this year it's been filled and restocked is that right yes that is correct um all the work on the dam is complete um and the water levels are back up. Um, we have stocked it with fish as well, so um, we're hoping for a really good ice fishing season. Um, we've actually already had quite a few people out there ice fishing. Um, so yeah, we're, we're looking forward to that. We'll also be offering a couple ice fishing clinics um, throughout the winter. And yeah, and I've ice fished North Michigan quite a few times in the past myself. It's nice, especially if you're taking uh, maybe some people out who haven't done it a lot or aren't is uh, avid outdoor anglers because you can drive virtually right to the lake. There's bathroom facilities right there. You have a very short walk to get on the ice, and yet it can be very productive and a very fun lake to fish. And, and the scenery, of course, up there is so beautiful. And speaking of North Michigan, there's camping there. Do you have winter camping up in your park, throughout the park, or just in specific areas? Yeah, so winter camping will actually just be at the North Michigan Reservoir there. We will have three different sites open um, for tents or for um, trailers as well. Um, we do also have six cabins available to rent throughout the winter. Those are also located um, at the North Michigan Reservoir. And those cabins are quite nice, and they sleep a number of people. Last thing I want to mention, because we're running out of time, and that's it. You guys are working on becoming what's called a dark site. Now, Jackson uh, Lake Reservoir, Jackson Reservoir State Park has 
has become famous for being a dark site. Tell people what that means. Yeah, um, we have been working on our International Dark Sky application, um, and that just means that we are trying to um, protect our our night sky. Um, I think it's a really um, amazing resource, and um, we kind of just want to educate people more about that. Um, so we're going to be offering a couple different dark sky-related programs during the summertime, as well as um, new information in our visitor center and um, new display boards with information on um, light pollution and how it affects wildlife and how it affects us um, and just ways to make sure we are protecting our night sky. All right. Kyra, we're out of time, but thank you so much. Hopefully a lot of people will continue to come up and enjoy all the great winter activities up at State Forest State Park. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for uh, having me on the show today. All right. Thank you so much. I'll tell you what, folks, there's so much to do up there. It's a great place to go. When they get this dark uh, sky thing done, if you've never been up in an area where there's no light pollution and looked up into the stars, um, you don't understand the view is like it's breathtaking, it's mind-boggling. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, we're going to update you on what's going on with the wolf program and the introduction of wolves to Colorado. All that and more coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan, presented in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. If you are shopping for those Christmas gifts to the outdoor enthusiasts in your family, stop by a Jack's store near you. Whatever they do in the outdoors, Jack's can take care of you. Let's go to the phones. Joining us from Colorado Parks and Wildlife is Travis Duncan. Good morning, Travis. Hey, morning, Terry. Hey, you know, I just want to make this clear that yesterday when you announced the new wolf plan, we found out that 10,000 wolves have been put in Colorado and they're actually running through the cities eating dogs. Is that right? Uh, Terry, no, that's not right. Uh, <laughs> there are no, there have been no wolves reintroduced in Colorado yet, but yesterday was uh, the, the presentation, the first presentation of the, of the draft plan, of the draft Colorado Wolf Restoration and Management Plan. Um, and it's now available for, for public review, the plan, as well as if, if you'd like to check out that meeting and didn't get a chance to yesterday, you can check it out on Parks and Wildlife's YouTube page. Now, obviously, I was being facetious, and, and I did that just because of what your answer was, that there have been no wolves released. If yes, there's been some naturally occurring wolves in Colorado, but even some of the news outlets, uh, things have really, you know, when the people don't have information, that's when the water cooler st- talk starts. And this is... Uh, an ongoing program and now the draft is out there and people can actually see what the current status is and what the existing plan is but it may not be the final plan is that right yep that's right now now is really the time to review the plan and and make public comment um to be clear we've we've already done quite a bit of work to collect public comment uh, in preparation for for this plan as well as appointing two advisory bodies that that started meeting in april of 2021 and, and finished up their work this fall uh, in, in advance of Colorado Parks and Wildlife staff uh, drafting this plan for, for the commission to view. Um, but but it is ready for, for public review now, and we'll have five upcoming meetings around Colorado where, where folks can attend and give their input. Uh, we also have a public comment form uh, up online through February 22nd. Uh, if you go to engagecpw.org, um, you can fill out, fill out a comment form on, on there as well. We'll talk a little bit more about people getting engaged 
in just a minute. Why don't you give us kind of the Reader's Digest version of what the initial plan is proposing? Sure thing. So, um, so the state statute does call for Colorado Parks and Wildlife to to develop that plan to restore managed gray wolves in Colorado uh, no later than December 31st, 2023. So uh, that's kind of the timeline we're looking at the the highlights of the plan. Uh, as far as restoration lo- logistics, we're, we're looking at releasing 10 to 15 wolves per year in Colorado, um, getting likely there in December of 2023. Um, those wolves will, will come from um, the Northern Rockies, most likely populations in the Northern Rockies. So Colorado Parks and Wildlife will be cooperating with uh, respective state wildlife agencies to, to do that work to, to capture those wolves for reintroduction in the state. And then as far as where they'll go, the state statute called for lands west of the continental divide. And then um, we looked at where some previous reintroductions have taken place, how far wolves were likely to travel. And um, around 60 miles uh, was around the average that wolves were likely to travel from uh, where they're released. And so we've come in from the state border's uh, 60 miles uh, as far as the most likely location for us to release so that, you know, we don't release wolves and they're they're not lost immediately. They don't go leave and go to another state immediately. We want to protect that Colorado investment here in the state. So um, so that's that's where they will come from. That's uh, when we'll start releasing and how many. Um, there are, of course, um, a lot of other details of the plan, such as legal status. And um, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is, of course, uh, engaged in a process to designate the Colorado wolf population um, under the Section 10J as an experimental population of, uh, under Section 10J of the Endangered Species Act. And that allows Colorado Park, Parks and Wildlife to do um, management that they wouldn't otherwise be able to since uh, wolves are both federally and state protected as an endangered species in Colorado. So some of that information is in there, um, information on monitoring and management. So all the wolves that Colorado Parks and Wildlife uh, releases will have GPS monitoring collars on them. So we'll be able to, to monitor uh, the the packs and the wolves um, that we release uh, do want to make clear that color personal life doesn't plan to color every wolf, but every wolf that we release will have a color on it. So that will help us with monitoring. Um, and also would like to let folks know that, that close monitoring of ungulate populations and ungulate management is part of this plan. If they like to uh, jump into the plan and go to chapter seven, that really describes in detail some of the increased uh, ungulate management monitoring of, of deer and elk and moose that will be happening those populations as part of a wolf reintroduction. So that is also in the plan, uh, as well as how, how we'll be handling livestock conflicts and comp- conflicts and compensation. So there's a whole draft conflict minimization program in there that talks about how we'll work with livestock owners who may be experiencing wolf depredations to, um, in- increase their, their mitigation efforts, uh, using things like flattery, uh, and other, and other mitigation techniques on their, on the property, and then if a, depreda- if a depredation incident is con- confirmed by CPW, uh, those livestock owners can be will be reimbursed the fair market value of their animals. So that some of that information is in there as well. Now, obviously, we can't get into all the details on a, this radio show; we wouldn't have time. But I'd be, it behooves people um, if you're an outdoor enthusiast, if you're somebody who could be impacted by wolves, or if you just enjoy the fact we're restoring part of what was naturally here before. You need to read this plan because there is going to be, it's, it's, it's a draft. And I, I would think that a lot of it is going to stay in place, Travis. But people have a chance. Go through again how they're going to have a chance to comment. Definitely. So, so you can go to Color Parks and Wildlife's webpage, website, cpw.state.co.us, uh, read the plan itself. Comment form is at engagecpw.org. Um, links to the plan are there as well. 
Um, and then if you if folks want to attend an in-person meeting, we have uh, five statewide hearings coming up, four in-person and one virtual, uh, January 19th in Colorado Springs, January 25th in Gunnison, February 7th in Rifle, uh, February 22nd in Denver, and then a, there's a February 16th meeting that's a virtual meeting that folks can attend. So all that information is, is on our website as well as um, engagecbw.org. And then when would the final vote on what the finalized plan take place? Do we know that? Sure. So the, the end of that public comment is February 22nd, and then April 6th will be the commission um, step one of one, looking at the plan, presenting the final draft plan, and then at the May 3rd and 4th meeting, that's when we expect the commission to vote and approve uh, the final plan uh, in, in preparation and anticipation of, the, of beginning to reintroduce wolves in December of 2023. All right, my friend, thank you so much for joining us. I, I'm sorry I was facetious in the beginning, but I think uh, I've heard so many different rumors and things that I'm glad you came on to uh, really clear this up. And then we have something tangible to look at now with some timing. I think it's good for all of us to understand this process. Thank you, Travis. Thank you, Terry. Appreciate it. You bet. Travis Duncan from Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Hey, we're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we have got, uh, we're going to talk to our folks at A&A Toppers about some uh, Christmas gifts. And, you know, when you think of toppers, I know that's a bigger ticket item, but they've got some stocking stuffer items at their place, too. So we'll show you, we're going to talk some Christmas gifts for the truck enthusiast in your family. On Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We're going to go to the phones and joining us, um, A&A Toppers, I believe, is the longest running continuous partner to this show. And not only have they been uh, the, the headquarters for truck accessories in Colorado, but they have been so dedicated to working in the outdoor community. And joining us from A&A is uh, Darren Lindsay. Good morning, Darren. Good morning, Ter. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. And how long has it been? <laughs> we talked about that the other day. That was the RV boat and travel show and. March of either 2000 or 2001, you and I can't remember. I don't know if what I had for breakfast, let alone 20 years ago. Yeah, I forget why I came upstairs. But <laughs> <laughs> long time, pal, long time. It has been. And you know what? I know we're going to talk about Christmas gift ideas for truck enthusiasts and outdoor enthusiasts. But you guys have also been so so involved and dedicated to the outdoor community, the way you guys get involved with the affinity groups like uh, Pheasants Forever, Ducks Unlimited, and you can name probably more than that. And then the number of outdoor personalities that you work with on your show. I mean, almost everybody who appears on this show works with you guys. Yeah, it's great. I remember one of the first things you and I discussed was the personal side of business that they're are things that we all need to do to be able to support our family and friends, but man, we can have some fun doing it as well. And yeah, I just got the phone with Bernie. By the way, Bernie Keith said to say hello to you and Karen. Bernie and I just literally spoke about 10 minutes ago. All right. I, uh, Bernie was such a great personality. He ran away to Florida and he's out fishing deep sea, the, the trader, but. Oh, he reminded us of that. He let us know full well that he's out in Florida. He made it, made it crystal clear that he is not cold right now. 
Yeah. His legacy does live on. The guys running fishing for Bernie up in the Granby area now are tremendous guys, though. So it's still the opportunities there. But we'll always miss Bernie. You know what I'll miss more than anything are the Bernieisms that I'll have to share a bunch of those. They're like they're like Yogi Berraisms, you know. I have a bunch of those. Someday when you and I are having an adult beverage, I'll share those with you. <laughs> we need we need to do that, pal. We need to do that. Yeah, Nate's coming on next. Nate just left my shop as well. So, no, it's it's been a fun ride, and you know what the outdoors are like. I just said something to a customer right now. You, we we work hard so we can play hard, and that's that's what you've brought to so many of the listeners. And we want to try to help them live that uh, that outdoor lifestyle to the best of our abilities. Well, speaking of Nate, you're a part big part of ice addiction this year. We are. Yeah, no, we stepped it up with Nate. We're going to uh, be the title sponsor up in uh, Grand Lake this year for uh, Tyline Outdoors Ice Addiction Grand Lake event. So it's, uh, you know, love to give back, love to love to help the outdoor people that want to go out there and see if they can win a, win a few bucks there in February. Yeah, and we'll talk to Nate more about that. But let's get, before we run out of time, let's actually talk about some Christmas gift ideas from A&A yeah. Toppers. So, yeah, um, yeah, no, you know, like people I said, known each other a long time, and we, we love to be able to give out and provide some opportunities to listeners that do want to get their truck or SUV and cars. I mean, we do we do wax and things, so that's one thing I wanted to mention. Obviously, toppers are where we hang our hat, but there's a lot of other stuff that we that we do. So don't forget, you know, racks for ski racks and bike racks for, you know, I mean, stuff like stuff like the crossovers and the outbacks and RAV4, Toyotas, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of rack stuff that we do but a couple mentions there's a just met a local colorado businessman this this week actually that has a brand new cargo retriever i wanted to mention the go grab it cargo retriever mark introduced himself and it's 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 actually the best cargo retriever for the uh for the lazy guys that don't want to get up in their bed they can just extend this cargo retriever and grab all that gear whether it's a tonneau cover or a topper um we have them now in stock i definitely want to mention that that's a Nice little fifty dollar item that uh, isn't uh, it doesn't break the bank. Um, I do want to mention toppers, oh, Terry. We 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 are running a super, a super special for December. Lear and Snug Top kicked it up, so we are running some uh, some topper specials as well. Well, explain to people what a uh, cargo retriever is. So yeah, no, if you're if you've got gear, which that's what we go hunting and fishing with, is all of our gear. It's just an extended pole basically with a uh with a little extension on the end that you can just you grab your waders i use it all the time to grab my wading boots or or grab my rain jacket or grab a tackle box that slid forward in the pickup truck if you don't want to crawl up into your truck it's just an extended uh basically an extended pull stick that you can grab grab your gear with instead of having to crawl up into the back of your pickup bed you know, another thing that I have in my truck that you guys sell a lot, and that's the WeatherTech stuff. Oh, yeah. WeatherTech's kind of a go-to as well with Christmas. They've got the floor liners, which are obviously where David, you know, dug his teeth. And then uh, they've got a new, you've probably seen those cup phones. The cup phones are something that are huge. We, shoot, I don't know how many of those cup phones will sell this uh, this Christmas season. Um, oh, what else? What else? Well, tell um, me about the sale. You said you have a, a topper sale on. What's going on with that? Yeah, no, Lear stepped up for the for the month of December. It's on their website, and we're going to double the uh, the offer that's on there. So there's 
it's a good time. You know, they want to they want to make a few sales here at the end of the year. So um, if you're looking for a truck topper, we're doing 100 to 150 dollars off on all of our Lear and Snug Top toppers. So it's a perfect time if you do want to get covered and keep that snow out that I hear is coming next week. Probably a good time to come come see us next uh, next week or two. Well, you know, people hear me talk all the time. My ice fishing gear is in my truck right now, and it stays in there through the winter in case I have to make an emergency ice fishing stop, right? But that's I, right. I, I that's right. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't do that if I uh, if I didn't have a cover on it because it would get full of snow and it's a prying eyes and the whole thing. But there it is. I load it up. I put my summer gear in there for most of the summer. I put some winter gear in there for the winter, and I can just take off on a whim. I don't have to pack stuff. It's all ready to go. And I can keep my gear there. And if I'm driving up in the mountains to go ice fishing and there's a snowstorm or we had one the night before, I'm not digging my gear out of the snow and cleaning it off. It's out ready to go and I'm I'm off and running. So I think my topper turns my truck into a true outdoor um, utility vehicle. Without it, I think it's just difficult to do all the things I do. And of course, I have a snug top, which you guys carry. And I've had Lear in the past too from you guys and for different trucks I've had. So there's the uh, topper's a big ticket though. So suppose I, you've mentioned a couple things, the weather tech. So can I get something for 20 to a hundred bucks at your place? Oh, absolutely. Like we carry a company called Nebo flashlights. I mean, who doesn't need an extra flashlight or a headlamp? I, I, these new Nebo headlamps are just slick as a whistle. They're almost too bright sometimes, and you can just kick them down. But headlamps, you know how many of us, all of us have two to five headlamps. Who couldn't use another headlamp? And another one that I want to mention is these new jump boxes. I don't know how much you've heard about these, but I got stuck, and the battery died out on a fishing trip, and I didn't need to wait for a second vehicle to come to give me a jump. There's a new little box called a jump box kit out there that you can keep in your pickup. And if your battery does die, you don't need to rely on somebody else. It's literally something, I mean, the, the size of your wallet almost, just a hair bigger. And you have the, the, the jump box cables on there where you can literally start your vehicle all the way up to a diesel pickup truck. And you can have it where you're self-sufficient and don't have to rely on a second vehicle and jumper cables. It's basically a autonomous jumper cable kit. And I don't know anybody out there why they wouldn't have one of these in their pickup going to some of the places we go chasing elk or rooster pheasants or some of the backcountry trout streams that we got I, I would want to make mention of those those things are actually awesome well you know what a gift to give to maybe that person in your family that's a teenager that's a new driver maybe had doesn't have a brand new vehicle especially an older one, and you're worried about them getting stalled. You just teach them how to put that on there and get them out of a, a bad piece of trouble in a hurry. A great gift for anybody. Darren, we're about to run out of time, so tell people how they find A&A Toppers. Obviously, in today's world, aatoppers.com is the easiest and quickest way. But two stores here, South Denver is my store here on South Broadway, 5425 South Broadway, basically Broadway and Bellevue. And then everybody knows Greg, my business partner up there in the Lakewood store at uh, 6955 West Colfax, basically Colfax and Wadsworth. So come on and see us. Be happy to meet all you guys. And you guys make sure you have a very Merry Christmas. And you know what? Get your Christmas shopping done without fighting the crowds at the malls. There you go. Happy, happy to see you. The coffee pot is always on. All right, my friend. We'll talk to each other again soon. Thanks, Darren. All right, Terry. Talk to you soon, pal. You bet. 
That's Darren Lindsay from ANA Toppers. Like I said, the longest continuous running partner of this show. They support the outdoor community. They got a lot of gifts. I mean, think outside the box and get something that really fits the person you're buying that Christmas gift for. They love the outdoors. They love their truck. Speaking of loving the outdoors, we're going to take a time out. We come back. Nate Zolinski is going to join us on 104.3 The Fan.